Can we all just say this together? Jesus, I need you. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about y'all, but I need Jesus. <laughs> well, good news. He's here. <laughs> He's here. I want to first off just thank everyone for, for coming out tonight. As Mason said, he said, you could be anywhere else but here. And I started thinking of all the places I could be. Honestly, there's only one place that I'd probably, you know, physically rather be. That's just in bed. But, you know, if we're being real. But you know what? I know that there's something for me here. And there's something for you here tonight. God is going to move tonight. He's given me a specific word. And I even told my wife, Michelle, here, you know, coming in this room and kind of feeling the the atmosphere and everything, I, I told Michelle, I leaned over told her, I was like, you know, I can already kind of feel just like an energy around people here. That, that I, I can tell God's got something special tonight. God's going to move in a mighty way. I'm thankful for that. I give honor to Brother and Sister Maxwell, all the Maxwells, Brother Mason, Sister Kimberly Briggs, love you guys, all the youth team. Y'all did so good, like singing things. Y'all did good. Y'all did good. Good job. And I already mentioned her, but I'm happy to have my wonderful sweet wife Michelle we just moved into our new house this week and we are I learned that all my clothes are at the other house we're living in and I rushed from work to get ready for tonight and brother Bruce Maxwell told me I could come comfortable I'm wearing jeans y'all I'll be comfy <laughs> happy to be here God's gonna move tonight if you would if you have your Bibles I'm gonna quickly read a couple of scriptures that will kind of highlight what it is the Lord's wanting to talk to us about tonight. And then I'll let y'all sit down on those nice comfy pews that I'm going to be envious of while I get to stand up here and talk. Ain't that fun? If you go ahead, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 11. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. So happy to be amongst all you people on this Friday night. But it says, 1 Corinthians, when I was a child... I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now if you'll go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. You might not be able to flip there fast enough, so just read it on the screen if, if they've got it. But it says in Ephesians, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, there's people out there trying to get you. There's an enemy trying to vie for your soul, trying to get you off the path God's designed for you. But he says, but we're speaking the truth in love. May we grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, that we may grow up into Him in all things. Tonight, I, I just simply want to talk to you guys about growing up. <laughs> growing up, you can be seated. As you take in what is the awe and the majesty 
of the cutest child you ever did see. My mama was right when she said, my baby the prettiest. <laughs> but if you haven't put two and two together, that adorable picture on the screen is yours truly. Believe me, everything went downhill from there. That's the cutest I've been. But you know what? I got a photo proof that at one point I was cute. That's Brandon Stroud right now. Hello, I'm the modern version of Brandon Stroud. I'm this year's model. Yeah. But anyway, that was me back then. And you know what? Let me talk to this Brandon Stroud up here. He has, he has no clue what's coming down the road. He has no clue what's about to happen. But his glasses game is on point. I'm going to tell you that. Them bad boys are still in my mom's uh, drawer somewhere, so we've got them. But I'm going to tell you all a little bit tonight, just sharing personally how I grew up, specifically how that little dude grew up. You know, as a kid, we can't wait to grow up. I don't know about y'all, but as a, as a little kid, it's like all I did was trying to prove that I was already grown. It was always about, look what I can do, Mama, or I can do this by myself. I don't need you, Mother. And 10 seconds later, Mama, I need you. But we looked for ways as a child to show people how big we were, how grown up we were. And, I, and I'm going to uh, share a few pictures. We'll, we'll stay on this first picture for now. But talking about Brandon Stroud at this age, I'm going to share some stories of when I tried to act adult and quickly found out I wasn't quite there yet. But I remember whenever I was around this age, this Brandon Stroud you're looking at on the screen right now, I remember when he tried to first try to sleep in his room by himself. Thought it was a big deal to sleep by yourself, and, and it is. <laughs> you know, if you're like 31, and never mind. Uh, <laughs> But this Brandon right here, he, he determined he was going to sleep in his room by himself at night. And it didn't take very long. About midnight would roll around and the boogeyman would make his grand appearance under the bed or whatever it was that was terrorizing me at the time. And sure enough, I'd go in my parents' bedroom. But here's the thing about me. I'm still like this. I don't like any kind of conflict and I don't like to upset people, even my parents who loved me, who, who never beat me or did anything wrong. They loved me unconditionally. And yet... I could not wake them up to let me get in their bed. So you know what I would do? I would literally just walk into my mom and dad's room and just stand at the foot of their bed, just like as creepy as you can be. Just like stand there and hoping they would wake up on their own. Just stand there, just staring at my mom, staring at my dad, just please, like trying to send out... I don't know, radio waves, like, wake up, wake up. Y'all, I'd literally, I'm not even exaggerating. As a kid, I'd probably stand there for at least an hour just standing still. I remember my legs would start to, get, uh, start to hurt because I'm just standing there hoping they'd wake up. I just didn't want to bother them, but I wanted to get in bed with them. I was scared. But I'd muster up the courage to finally say, Mom, Mom. And finally, she'd, she'd, I'd get close enough to her, she'd wake up and, because I'm right there in front of her face in the middle of the night and scared her every single time. And every single time, she'd, she'd scoot over, let me get in bed with mom and dad. And that's, that's just me. That's that little tyke right there. If you want to go to the next picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I mean, very patriotic. Captain America ain't got nothing on this bad dude right here. Yeah, so obviously I never got any cooler from that point right there. You could tell by the crossed arms I was something special. But let me tell you a story about this Brandon who decided he was old enough to stay at a friend's house for the first time overnight. Ooh. 
and cut to about middle of the night, me waking up my friend. I'm crying. I'm missing mom. I'm missing it. Yeah, I, I'm not totally a pansy anymore, but back then I was, okay? But, but I remember waking up my friend and then trying to force my friend to wake up their parents because I wasn't about to go wake up my friend's parents. That's like an extra layer of nightmare for me. But I'd convince them they'd finally wake up my friend's parents. They'd call my mom. You could tell they were agitated. I mean, who wants to get out of bed at 2 a.m. to take that kid back to his mom or let his mom come pick him up? That was me, though. I, I wanted to show that I was big enough. I wanted to grow up and be able to stay at my friend's house. It was around this age, too, by the way, that I got the Holy Ghost. That's just a side note. So God can do things, even in scaredy cats, even in people fearful. He can feel you. Hallelujah. Go to that third picture. Look, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. But around this age, that Brandon right there, he, he had his first fight at school. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with that mug right there. That dude had an angry face. Yeah, I, I, I didn't intimidate a butterfly, believe you me. But around this age, I had my first fight. And what happened, we were at school. I was in the water fountain line after recess, and that's sacred grounds. You don't cut the water fountain line. And some dude, his name was Logan, he cut in front of me, and I wasn't going to have it. I was cracking the knuckles. I'm like, come on, man, this is a big mistake. I mean, I've, I've seen Dragon Ball Z. I'm, I'm ready to, to go all over this guy. And, and I, so I decided to retaliate and push him. He got in front of me. I pushed him out of the way, and that was the rest of my plan. Push him. I expected the problem to go away. No, it got worse. This dude, we're like in fourth grade, and he rears back. He pins me against the wall, lifts me up against the wall with my throat and it's pinned me and I'm sitting there like what now I had no training I thought the push would do it you know I thought that was all I needed and I tried to you ever you ever heard of a dream punch like you tried to punch something your dream just kind of like eh. you know, that's about all you can muster I gave him my best dream punch just kind of eh, just kind of knuckle knuckled him in the side of the cheek and obviously he banged my head against the wall or something like that. He didn't punch me or nothing. The teacher broke it up. But I had my first fight. That's that kid. Next slide. You're just, I'm just talking about growing up. <sighs> yes, enter the mop head days. You know, mustn't let the forehead be shown, of course. You know, around this age that you're seeing on the screen right now, I really started to try to be cool at school. A quest that I never quite completed. But anyway, I tried. But around this age, at the school I went to, how many of y'all have ever heard? I don't even, they, may, they may make them or not. I don't know. Have you, how many of you have ever heard of Nike Shocks? Nike Shocks. Okay, they used to be a shoe. They still might make them. I don't know. But at the time, they were revolutionary. Like, you could put shocks, like springs in your shoes, make you jump higher. Thing is, a lot of my friends at school who were really into basketball, I wasn't into basketball. I was into Legend of Zelda. But anyway, but I wanted these basketball shoes because that was what the cool kids were getting. I begged mom and dad, please give me some Nike shocks. Please give me some shocks. And secretly I was thinking, please get me these things so I can finally be cool. And I got them. Y'all, they finally got me the Nike shocks. And shockingly, I was still uncool. I learned that the shoes didn't really do, much, do nothing for me. And uh, go, to the, go to the next picture. Yeah, the mop head continued. Hey, I'm telling you. Now, you're not looking at Brandon Stroud anymore right there, by the way. This is a few years later. You're not looking at Brandon Stroud. No, 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 my friend. You were looking at the legendary, the Big Lovely. Let me explain. 
Big Lovely was my Halo 2 gamer tag. And I was very serious in Halo 2 back in the day. So in this day and age, my friends and I, I, had, I did have friends, I promise, despite the pictures you've seen and the story I've told so far, I did manage to make some friends, mostly at church. Uh, keep going to church, you, you get friends there, that's good. Uh, they kind of come with the system. But my friends and I, y'all, when I say from like age 13 to 17, like age 12 to 17, you could sum up my entire existence with two words. Halo 2. If you don't know what Halo 2 is, it's a video game, okay? We were really into it at the time. Y'all have, like, eSports now with, like, people playing Rainbow Six or, uh, I don't know, that Rocket League or whatever else they play. I don't even know what they play anymore. But back then, it was just coming out where you could, like, get money to professionally play video games. Like, like that was a new concept to us. They didn't have Twitch back then. They didn't have YouTube streaming or any, any, you know, you didn't know about a way to make money playing video games. This was brand new. They had something called Major League Gaming. Anybody ever heard of that? Yes, that does exist. Some of you older people, they're like, oh, dear God, what is this country coming to? Yes, you're right. There is a Major League Gaming League, and yeah. But anyway, my friends and I were into it, y'all. We, we went, and at that, around that age is when my friends and I, we practiced Halo 2. We went and signed up for the Major League Gaming event in Dallas, Texas. We went there, and we got slaughtered. <laughs> We got wrecked. I mean, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We finally, we thought we were good. We won some, like, Halo 2 tournaments locally. Y'all up at that point, like, we were, like, 15. We had won, like, $500 in a Halo 2 tournament one time. We thought, I mean, that was awesome, man. That was, like, peak, peak living right there. And uh, anyway, that all fell short when we realized we really weren't that good. But it was during this time that, you know, really, I, at, at this point, I was trying to prove that I was grown up in these different things, and I was starting to get there. But after this picture, and you can, you can take the picture off for right now, but it was a f- couple years after this. You can go back to old sweet Brandon. We'll, we'll focus on him. That's the cute one. <clears throat> it was a couple years later that I really started feeling like I was getting older and, and becoming an adult when I started driving, and I had my first job. How many of you have recently started driving or have recently just gotten, like, your first job? Anybody? Raise your hand. Isn't it nice to make money? What are y'all blowing it on? (laughs) Just food or whatever. I don't know. Like, a bunch of Red Bulls. Like, it's cool. But I remember I start when I had my first car and was uh, working for the first time. Man, I thought I really had a ride. But I hadn't quite figured out the balance between working and driving uh, to my job and then my Halo 2 professional career, which had not fully dis- dissipated yet. But I remember one night, y'all, oh man, my friends and I, look, we would have, y'all don't even know, how many of y'all know what a land party is? A land party, some of y'all are, okay, some of y'all younger ones, good, I'm proud of you, proud of you, dude, you know what a land party is. But we, we had stayed up all night like we did at the time, just playing Xbox, playing Halo 2, we stayed up all night long and y'all, we drank Dr. Pepper, we, we all went to the store and bought those big Red Bulls, like four of them. Again, we had, we had income that we shouldn't have had as kids, but we all had little jobs and we were working. But we bought those huge Red Bulls. We would pour the whole Red Bull into a big cup, pour a Dr. Pepper in it, and then just chug it. And we chugged like four Red Bulls. I don't know how I didn't die, y'all. But that, that night, we stayed up all night long. I had to be at work the next morning. My first job, I was a landscaper and chopped wood in the winter. It was about around winter time. But I had to be at the dude's house to chop wood at 4.30 that next morning. I stayed up all night long 
with Red Bull and Dr. Pepper and went straight to chopping wood. Y'all, I had never felt more sick in my whole life because a collision had happened. I was growing up, <laughs> like hitting adult-ish responsibility, but still trying to be that kid that had no responsibility. And that was one of those wake-up calls where I'm like, okay, this is, this is adulthood. I may need to lay off the Red Bull. But, you know, I had been wanting to grow up my whole life, and I was finally somewhat doing it. I was making money. I was driving. I was doing it. I was finally growing up, y'all. Little Brandon was finally on his way. And then, as we know, and as we'll all find out, y'all, real adult life will hit you one day. And, and you know, it, it, it was all fun, and just there wasn't that much responsibility. But all of a sudden, you get to an age where, man, you're having to deal with stuff. You're having to figure out things. Uh, decisions you make, man, they, they really matter now. They, they stay with you. They can alter your whole life. Like, how did we, where did that transition point happen where we're just happy and carefree and just not worried about anything, having dreams to play a video game professionally, something silly like that, and then hit to where we're really facing some hard things. Real adult life, man, you get to a point where you spend your whole childhood wanting to grow up. And then once you get there, people want to do everything they can do to hang on to their youth. Don't believe me, man. Look, look at reports. Americans spend billions of dollars a year on beauty treatments and anti-aging treatments, trying their best to stay young. I read about this one multi-billionaire. They said that he spends, y'all, listen to this. This dude literally spends $2 million a year on a team of 30 doctors, 30 different doctors who try to keep him young. They, they do like skin treatments. They do like vitamin regimens. They do, he's like all vegan and does all this stuff, but he spends $2 million a year. And the doctors themselves say, yeah, it's barely helping the dude, but it's minimal, minimal uh, breakthroughs that we're having with him. It's not really much helping him. But this dude's willing to spend $2 million just trying to hang on to his youth. But no matter how you look at growing up, let me cut to it here. No matter what your opinion of growing up is, whether you can't wait to get older and, and have that car and have that job and have that life, or whether you're a little older, like, oh, if I could only be back in my 20s again or back as a teenager again, whatever your view of aging and growing up is, here's the fact of the matter you're gonna grow up you can't stop it it's not a choice it's literally a physical process that happens to these bodies we're going to grow up I didn't come here tonight to bum you out but I'm I'm trying to paint the the obvious picture y'all we we're growing up however can I just say tonight that although we don't have a choice young person here tonight you guys in the front rows and and back on beyond you don't have a choice whether or not to grow up physically in these bodies. But can I tell you, you do, hear me, you do have a choice whether or not you want to grow up spiritually. Though we can't control these physical bodies from, from growing and maturing, maturing, it's going to happen whether we want it or not. We can choose to stay spiritually immature. We can choose to stay spirit, spiritually young, spiritually as babes. That's what I want to kind of talk about tonight. We read in the scriptures 
earlier. And we, we hear that you make the choice to either grow in Christ or to stay the same you've been. It's possible to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's possible to be baptized in His name. It's possible to come to church every time the doors are open and believe in God and not grow. It's possible. The seed can be planted perfectly, and yet nothing ever sprout from it. The book of Hebrews, it talks about this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says that he's talking to these group of people, these, these people in church. He's talking to them and says, there's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. Verse 12, it says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babes who, who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. In chapter 6 it says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms. You don't need further instruction about the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, uh, and eternal judgment. So God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. You see, they had experienced the gospel of Jesus Christ. They had experienced the same saving message that you and I hear every time we come to church. They had heard it. They believed it. They had been, they had been around long enough to be teaching it. They didn't need further instruction. They had everything they needed to go and reach their community. They had everything they needed to go and be something for the kingdom of God. They had everything they needed. They could be teaching this. The writer of Hebrews is sitting there explaining all this. He's like, man, why am I talking to y'all? Y'all know this. You could be teaching me something. But instead, it says they kept doing the same cycle over and over and over again, laying again and again the same foundation of repentance. I mean, hold on there for a second seems like, and, and I'm going to get to it in a second, I've been to the place I'm talking about right now, where it seems like you're just spinning your wheels in your walk with God. It seems like every Sunday you get the victory, and then every Monday night you're falling in the same old sin. seems like you go to camps in the summer, you get on fire for God, and by the time school hits and that pressure sets in, you become just one of the crowd one more time, unchanged, unfazed. And when you come to church, because our God is such a merciful God, and I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow night. You'll want to come tomorrow night. It's going to be great. Jesus, help me. But he's, he's going to speak. But, but we, we know we have the grace and the mercy of God, but, but what are we building on that? What are we building on that? Because can I cannot tell you, you can get to the place especially as a young person. And y'all, that's why I'm taking the time to kind of talk about my own life. 
the last picture we put up, you don't have to put it up right now, but I was around age 15, 16. That's that last picture you saw. And I'm going to talk about me at that age a little more. But I'm going to tell you something. At this age, it's crucial because as I mentioned earlier, you're getting to the age where decisions you make can really start affecting your whole life. It can affect the entire projection of where you're going. That's why it's important that we start looking at our life and saying, okay, let's take a self-inventory tonight. I'm with y'all for three days. Those of you that are going to be here for all three days, we're going to go on a, on a journey this weekend. I want to help you. I want to help us all tonight by looking inwardly and say, okay, where am I at right now? Good or bad? Let's, let's look at ourselves tonight. If you're doing good, great. If you're doing bad, well, it's going to get better. It's okay. But let's, let's be honest with ourselves right now. Where I am I right now as a 14-year-old? As a 17-year-old, as a 23-year-old, as a 47-year-old, whoever you are tonight, look inwardly and say, where am I at in my walk with God? Where am I at? Because if you're not careful, you can get into that mode of never progressing, never maturing, never growing up. Remember whenever I was a kid, my, my, uh, I called her Nana. She was my mom's mother, so my maternal grandma, but I called her Nana. And she lived in Houston, Texas, so I didn't get to see her as much as my other grandma. But I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, we were raised on, like, the Disney VHSs. Like, and here's the deal. Uh, my Nana had the other Disney shows that my other uh, grandparent did not have. So my Nana, she had, like, Little Mermaid. She had Aladdin. And then she had one called Peter Pan. Everybody, anybody ever watch Peter Pan know the story? He's also known as the boy who refused to grow up. And I loved that movie. It was a, it was a good one for me because it, it seemed pretty cool as, as, as a kid. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I thought it was kind of neat just to be able to go to this island, just hang out with your friends. He called them the Lost Boys. They just, they sat around in pajamas and ate food and played games and had fun and, you know, fought pirates, all this cool stuff. And I'm like, man, they sat around in their pajamas playing games. Man, you just throw in a box of fudge rounds and you had me and my friends. Like, that's all we did anyway. But they never, they never grew up. They never had to face responsibilities of adulthood. They just had fun all the time. And can I tell you tonight, young person, at this age, you're starting to get old enough to really develop things that you like to do. And you're starting to develop some close friendships. You're getting into the age where you're having real friendships and real time that you're not having to be supervised by your parents all the time. You get to go to a friend's house maybe or you get to go stay the night or you get to go to a youth camp or a trip or something. You're getting more free time to be around people and, and it's fun and it is and it should be. I'm not anti-fun. I still occasionally have fun. No, no I do. I mean, you, you got to have fun, y'all. But if you're not careful, you can get in what I'm calling a spiritual neverland, so to speak, where you never spiritually mature or make progress. And believe me, y'all, I was there. If you could put, uh, Sister Michael, if you could put up that last photo, photo five, I think. All right, that age, Brandon, that's kind of where we left off of on, on the pictures of me. What I didn't tell you about this photo first is, in that photo... At that time of life, I was, I was probably, probably the most unhappy that I've ever been in my life. I had, a, I had a smile on my face that day. I'm sure it was feigned. I'm sure it was forced. But that boy I'm looking at right there, 
remember him well. At that age, I, I wrestled with, with self-esteem issues. I, I wrestled with self-doubt, even to the point of, of self-hatred. I knew the things I was doing. I was a pastor's kid. I never did anything crazy or nothing, but I knew I wasn't right with God. I, I knew the things that I was doing weren't right. I, I dealt with anger. I had anger issues back then. But, but most of all, that boy right there you're looking at, he was, he was spiritually calloused just unfazed by things. You know, I, I had received the Holy Ghost when I was seven. I, I, had, I was the pastor's son. I went to church all the time. I mean, I went to all the camps. I went to everything. I went to the altar. And I never stopped, even in that picture. I, I would go to the altar. I'd go to church. But at that time, and this might not, not sound like a big deal to you, but at the time, I remember I couldn't cry at the altar. For some reason, that did something to my brain back then. Because I used to, like, get, like, as a kid and growing up, I'd get in the presence of God, and I'd, I'd start crying and just feeling His presence, speaking in tongues, just feeling good. And, and at this age, it was, a while, it was like a dry season where I wasn't speaking in tongues, but, but for some reason, I got hung up in my brain about not being able to cry. I used to be able to be so broken by the presence of God. I just come into it, and I feel His love, and I just, man, I just broke down, and it's like, Somewhere along the way, I just got callous, and I'm like, God, why can't I feel you like I used to feel you? I'm going to the same church, going to the same altar where I've met you so many times, but I felt just cocooned. I couldn't break through, and, and you know, I wasn't doing anything bad. Again, like I said, I mean, we all have our issues, but I wasn't out there doing something crazy. My friends and I, and all my friends were in church. I mean, we weren't doing bad things. We just had fun, innocent fun, but... Here's what I came to realize. The innocent fun, that was all we were doing. There's nothing wrong with it on the surface, but that's all we were doing. We were around age 16 to 17, approaching real adulthood, and we were spiritually the same as we were when we were just little kids in Sunday school. I learned at age 16, as God started dealing with me, that I hadn't really progressed as a Christian much more than when I had first gotten the Holy Ghost at age 7. Learning about David and Goliath. I probably, at, at age 16, probably couldn't hardly tell you any Bible story. Because I was the pastor's son, but I never got it for myself up at, the, uh, at that point. I never got it for myself. And you know what I learned? I, I realized later, and just to cut through, because I'm running out of time, but to cut to the chase, what God began to reveal to me and here's what I want to tell you tonight. Y'all listen to me if this matches any of your current situation. Is that the reason I was so callous to the presence of God and unhappy during this time. God showed me it's because I had a calling on my life that my spiritually immature lifestyle wasn't supporting. I was called... And the Bible talks about that people with the calling, it says, Paul says, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. If you study that out, basically when God's marked you for something greater, there's a weight that comes upon you. You know you're different. You know there's something special about you. Can I tell you something? It's okay to feel special. It's okay to feel like you're made for more. Can I tell you what? You are. You are. You do matter. You do have a point. You have something to contribute. 
You are not wasting space. You are not wasting inventory in heaven's factory of souls. You are here with a purpose. And some of you, I know you've got a calling on your life and you felt those tugs at the altar, but maybe you're feeling callous right now. Maybe you're feeling directionless right now. Maybe you're feeling like you don't have it figured out right now. Can I tell you, it very well may be because God's got a calling on your life that's your your immature lifestyle. Can I just be blunt with you? Spiritually immature. And I'm going to talk about me because I'm putting this back on me. I was there. I loved God. I wanted to serve Him. I wanted to, I wanted to live for God, but I also wanted to stay the same too. I wanted to keep having fun, and and I was miserable. I was miserable. But I remember, and musicians. I don't know if Macy, y'all got musicians. Or y'all have music to come. If not, it's cool. It's okay. But whoever y'all can come. I'm cutting to a finish. But I remember I decided. If I could put it this way, I decided to grow up. When God finally moved on me, I remember when I came to that altar and I finally cried. And it started just a little tear. And then it just broke out. And it's like then God just reinstated a relationship that should have began really when I turned seven and got the Holy Ghost the first time. But what I had learned is over time, I had everything I needed to grow and progress, but I was blocking that growth from happening. I was so wrapped up in innocent fun. I was so wrapped up in just doing just whatever, just going with the flow. But God was calling me for something more. Can I tell you something tonight, y'all? God's calling you for something more. God's calling you to something greater. But it's going to take you actively saying, Lord, I want you to help me grow. I want you to help me be able to bear what it is you're leading me to. You can't expect a little kid to carry something heavy. To an adult, it's not heavy at all. It's just, it's just something they carry. But to someone immature, someone a child still, something that shouldn't be a burden to us adults can be something that weighs down someone that's still a child. What I believe in this place right now is God's got a calling, God's got a ministry, God's got something for you right now that He's wanting to put on you. And every time you reach for it, you feel crushed by it, you feel disappointed because you can't achieve what it is you're trying to achieve. You feel like you're worthless, you feel like you're just going through the motions. Can I tell you, start looking at your spiritual maturity level. Decide to grow up. What, what do you mean, Brother Stroud? And, and we can stand. We can stand because, as I said, I, I'm running out of time, and we're going we're gonna to go through this journey this weekend. But all I want from us tonight is for God to hear our willingness to say, Lord, if any of this fits my life, if you are calling me to something greater, Lord, I want you to help me get there. Again, we, we said at the very beginning, I need Jesus. Y'all, we all need him. We need him to help us this weekend. He's going to do it. But when we start letting God grow us things start happening in my life I got serious about it for me it looked like I got tired of not knowing what we believed at church and why we believed it and I I started looking up Bible studies I started asking for resources I wanted to know why we believed this and why not this and it started small for me and can I tell you there's a scripture I want to read it says that that uh, to desire the sincere milk of the word. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all this bad stuff, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, 
that you may grow thereby. What I started doing, I started sincerely drinking the milk of the word. You can live on milk and never grow. Or you can say, God, I'm going to start with milk, but purposefully, God, if it has to start small, Lord, let it start. Let it grow in me. There's what I want to say. Some of you, you know God's pulling at you, but you don't really know exactly what to do. It's okay. You're not supposed to know everything. God lays burden on you before he strengthened you enough to be able to carry it. That's how it works. He wants you to get familiar with the fact that you can't do it without his help. So he lays pressure on you. He lays expectation on you. And if you try to do it by yourself, you're going to get disappointed in yourself. And that's the point. We need to understand we can't do it without his help. You're feeling the pressure. You're feeling the weight. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. That just means you can't do it alone. God has put that on you, and he's going to help you bear that. But God's just looking tonight. All he simply wants from you is says, Lord, I've been just living for you as best as I can, but God, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for you, Lord. If you need to take me deeper, if you need to put something in me that I need to do, if there's a ministry I need to connect with, if there's a person at my school I need to reach, if there's something in your word that I really need to understand better, if I need to know why we need the Holy Ghost or why we need to be baptized in Jesus' name, why do we need to do these things? Whatever it is that God wants to lead you to do, if you're just willing to say, Jesus, here I am, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to leave the Neverland. Because here's the thing, when I decided to leave Neverland, some of my friends decided to go with me, but the vast majority of them, they, they stayed behind. They stayed in Neverland. They stayed at that same spot they were at when we all first started getting the Holy Ghost at age seven. And then I saw life begin to hit them one by one. And one by one, them falling. One by one, them being carried off into the world, carried off into a sin, carried off and still to this day, wrapped up in a world of imprisonment because they never were able to handle what life was throwing at them. Hallelujah. Can we, can we just close our eyes for a second tonight? With nobody looking around, with nobody trying to egg on your friend next to you or anything like that, let's just focus on God for just a second. Let's look at our lives and say, God, when was the last time, Lord, that I've really, really made a push towards you and, 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 and made a change for you or, or, or learned something new for you or, or applied myself to do something more for the church, for my youth group, for, for my family even, whatever, Lord, when's the last time? And God, help me to desire to grow in you, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to desire to not just be here on a Sunday, on a, a, on a pew, just doing nothing. God, I want to matter for you. Here's the thing. Satan wants to convince you that you don't matter, but I'm telling you, you do. Satan wants to convince you that there's no point to all this, that you just come here and you just go home and not expect anything to happen. But if you can just get sincere with God tonight and say, Lord, I may not understand it all right now, but God, I want you to use me, Lord. I want you to grow me. I want you, Lord, if you can make something out of my life, please, Lord, do it. I want to grow up in you, Jesus. I want to live for you, oh God. If that's your heart tonight, can we just begin to pray for him? 
If you could just, just set aside everybody around you, not focus on anyone else, but focus on God and say, Lord, whatever I can do for you, Lord, help me, Jesus, to grow. Help me, Jesus, to grow up in you, Lord. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to stay wrapped up in these same sins, in these same battles. I don't want to stay wrapped up in these same old, same old, Lord. I want to be able to break free from this. Can I tell you, the way you're going to break free is by you being willing to let God grow you, to be willing to let God use you, to be willing to let God make some edits in your life, make some changes in your lifestyle. You can have fun, but you can live for God too. You can have fun, but you can be a minister too. You can, be, you can have fun, but you can answer a calling too. If there's any of you that's willing, to let God grow you. Why don't you come to this altar right now? If you need to come with a friend, do you need to come as a group? But if you're willing to say, God, I may not have it all figured out, but I want you to use me. I want you to grow me. I want you to begin to put steps in my life to take me to where I'm answering the calling that you're putting up my life. Can we just pray tonight? Can we just pray and ask God to help us? He's willing to do it. He's willing to help us. He's willing to step in. Hallelujah, Jesus.